Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Happy after Thanksgiving glow. Um, how many of you sinned? Never mind. Uh, I ate more than I should have. It's good to see you. We've got a ton of folks that are traveling, and I want us to stop just real quick and have prayer for them. I Literally, um, I, I think I, I'm up around 30 that I know are on the road this weekend, and, and so we just need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to, to guard them. Father, we just pray for our folks that are traveling. We're so thankful that they get to spend time with family. We just pray that your uh, angels would set up a camp all around them and you would protect them as they travel, whether it be by car, by uh, airplane, however they're traveling. We just pray that you would um, watch over them and bring them home safely to us and so that we can gather back together in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's good to see you this morning. Uh, <clears throat> got some special folks here. John and Kristen Robles back there. Woo-woo! And it's my understanding that uh, uh, she's packing. Uh, she's she got a she got a baby coming, so we're excited about that. If you didn't know, so we're excited for you guys. And uh, they met right here at Passion, and uh, somebody played played a little Cupid several years ago, and this is the result. So we're excited you guys are here, and welcome home, Amen. And we're glad you're all here. Last week we started talking. I I, uh, I played on some words and talked to you about the fact that I'm trying to challenge you to move out of thanksgiving into thanksgiving. Uh, and we talked about the fact that the only way to do that is we begin to operate in targeted thanks. And so I asked you all week long, I didn't want you just to do this on Sunday, although we did it on Sunday. I was challenging you to move beyond that and take time this, this past week, and I hope you did, and target God with thanks because he deserves it. Amen. And then second, I said to you that uh, not only targeting God, although he is worthy, he also uses people. And so I ask you to intentionally take some time to to express gratitude to those around you that God uses. And so I, I just ask you to articulate your thanks to one another, and I hope you practice that. So, so uh, that was all in an attempt to get you to live up to this challenge that I threw down uh, the second Sunday of this year, which was to become the most thankful people on the planet. So uh, I hope that's, that's who you are. Um, but I am also... Uh, convinced that if we don't practice, uh, practice uh, diligently practice targeted thanks, that if we are not careful, then our thanks become seasonal thanks. Um, we only express thankfulness during seasons in which we're reminded to be thankful. So if we don't take another step in this progression, what's going to happen is when Thanksgiving is over, and it's over if you haven't recognized that on your radio because they're already playing Christmas songs. Uh, uh, Christmas is, uh, is upon us, and if we're not careful, we will uh, move away from thanks and begin to think about Christmas. And I don't want our thanks to be just um, occasional thanks or seasonal thanks. I, I want us to, to become the most thankful people on the planet. So there's this journey we're on. There's this progression that I want us to uh, walk through together, and that's what I want to push you towards today. Uh, we're on this, um, this uh, journey of maturity in our thanks, 
And so what I'm asking you to do is to now go beyond targeted thanks to practice graduated thanks. All right, we're going to graduate. Some of y'all are thankful you're finally going to graduate. Okay. Uh, Okay, but this is, okay, so if we're going to practice graduated thanks, then this is an entirely different level of thanks than seasonal thanks or occasional thanks. It's a level of maturity where now we move to this level. This is a different level, y'all. This is a different way of thinking. Think about it. We don't practice just thanksgiving. We practice thanks living. That's graduated things. That's an entirely different level. So Paul talks about this in a couple different places in the New Testament. I'm going to point out two. I'm only going to read the first at the beginning. Uh, the first occasion he's talking to the Thessalonians. Uh, and, and he thro- literally he throws down a gauntlet about moving into graduated things. And, and this is a tough, tough portion of scripture. All right. So, so. Uh, so, so let the turkey wear off and, and, and the sleepiness that comes. And pay attention this morning. I'm going to try to teach you a little bit that there is a progression in, in that we have to walk through to get to this level. And I want you to see how important this level is in God's eyes for us. All right, are you ready? First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verses 16 through 18, I'm going to read it to you in two different versions. First out of the NIV, it says this. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I'm going to read that. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I'm going to say that again. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Okay, so y'all, y'all just kind of looking at me like you ate too much chocolate cake. So now, so, so now, so, so now, listen to it in the Message Bible. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. Three verses of scripture, verses 16, verse 17, verse 18, that is literally uh, bringing us to the pinnacle of graduated thanks. Uh, Paul says very specifically in black and white that this is how God wants us to live. Okay, y'all still not getting it. So, So the NIV says it like this. This is God's will for us. Now, so let me stop right there and say this. All through my Christian walk, from the time I was a young little boy serving Jesus up until now, when I'm not such a, well, maybe I am still a little boy, but, but in age I have uh, moved through the progression and I'm a little older. It has not mattered. It has made no difference from the time I, I was just one of the youth group members to the time I was a youth pastor till the time I'm a senior pastor. One thing has never changed. It's been consistent all of my life, and that is this. Everywhere I've ever been, in every setting I've ever been in, people are concerned about finding the will of God. Everybody wants to know, what's the will of God for my life? So this is what we do. We try a bunch of stuff. 
We ask all of our friends, what's God's will for my life? We read the Bible saying, what's your will for my life? We fast, we pray, we seek, what's your will for my life? If only I could discover, if only you would show me, if only you would manifest to me, show me, reveal to me, let revelation take over my life and show me the will of God for my life. And the whole time, it's right there in black and white. The whole time, it's in black and white. Paul says the will of God for our life is for us to live thankfully. Wait, that doesn't tell me if I'm supposed to be like a, a singer, or that doesn't tell me if I'm supposed to be a doctor. If that, that doesn't tell me if I'm supposed to be like an electrician. That doesn't tell me if I'm supposed to be like a salesperson. That can't be. The point is, it doesn't matter. Whether you are an electrician, a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse, a cabinet maker. How's that little tail? I can't even think of it. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is that whatever vocation in life that we begin to pursue, that we pursue it and in it we are thankful. That is his will for our life. It's spelled out. So uh, I'm not one to look for formulas all the time because I hate math. <clears throat> I despise math. I'm trying to be thankful in math and just can't pull it off. So I haven't graduated in my thanks yet because I'm not thankful for calculus and I'm not thankful that I wasted a year of my life in trigonometry and I'm not, I'm not thankful that, that I am thankful that there are now calculators on my phone so I don't have to actually add and I'm thankful that there are registers that tell you how much change to give back and I'm th but I hate math. But, so I don't look for formulas but I believe the Lord gave me a little formula uh, this week for us that this is the formula that we must master to graduate in our thanks. There's a progression here. So let me see. I'm not, this is not profound. It's just hopefully a way that will help us to remember that this is how God wants us to live and how do we get there. If this is, listen, if this is so black and white and this is how God wants us to live, how do we get there? That's the question I want to uh, give you this morning and, and say, I think I figured it out. Not that I've mastered it, but I do think I figured it out. I, th I think Paul's real clear. He tells us how to get there. Let's see if we can get it together. He first, the very first thing that Paul does is he deals with our outlook on life. Paul says that, uh, he, he says, be to, to, to rejoice always. That's the first part of the, the formula. To rejoice. In the message it says like this, be cheerful no matter what. So I begin to think about that. If Paul is saying, listen, I'm going to show you the end result is I want you to live thankfully. That's God's will for your life. Then let's back up a little bit and say, how do I get there? And Paul makes it very clear that we get there by taking the first step. And the first step is to learn how to rejoice. Okay, I didn't figure I'd get much help. I, see, I, I'm convinced that most of us struggle to get to thanksgiving simply because we don't address this first part of the instruction where Paul is adamant that our outlook, he, he's adamant about th this fact that our outlook on life will have dramatic impact on the next two progressions, that we will never get to thanksgiving or thanksgiving if we don't first take care of the first step. And the first step is this, we got to learn how to rejoice. Okay, y'all still. Um, so, so Paul says that our life should be marked by cheerfulness. 
That's another word you can interchange with rejoicing. So, so, so I think Paul understood something that we're supposed to understand because even before I quote it, you know the, the quote. Paul understood that there is power in joy. So do I need to quote it? The, uh, the, so if we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength, then why is it that so many of us struggle to be cheerful or to rejoice? So we, the, the, the formula breaks down before we ever get past the first one and we never graduate to Thanksgiving because we can't deal with rejoicing. So, 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 so I think the reason that we struggle with step one is because of this. I think what has happened is we allow the external to determine the internal. So my level of rejoicing now is determined by whether I have any money in my checking account. And the level of rejoicing becomes determined by whether my car runs right when it's supposed to run right. And my level of rejoicing is right is determined by whether everybody does what they're supposed to do. Paul is saying, listen, you got to come to this place in your maturity where you become rejoiceful. You rejoice and joyful regardless of what's going on around you because there's something different going on inside of you. Paul was big on rejoicing. So, so my, my question is, here we go, would anyone say that the idea of a person being a rejoicer, would anybody say that that describes you? Oh, oh that went over great. All right. Or would they say instead, that person right there, they're sullen. They're cranky. Okay. They're, they're downcast. They're overcast. <laughs> they're outcast. Whatever cast. They're just, they're, they're, they're just not. They're, 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 they're just, there's no joy in them. They look like the mule who tried to suck the golf ball out of the gopher hole. All right, get you a visual. Maybe that'll help you. Oh, some of y'all get that sometime this afternoon. Okay. All I know is this is that Paul was big on rejoicing. In fact, I discovered this. I went and compared uh, th this passage out of Thessalonians. I laid it side by side next to what he says in Philippians. It's an entirely different letter, an entirely different audience, and yet Paul not only repeats what he said to the Thessalonians verbatim, he doubles down on rejoicing. Because when he begins to say the very same things, he says this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always and again, I say, rejoice. Hey, dum-dum, rejoice. And in case you missed it, hey, rejoice. He doubles down. So there must be this importance linked to our, if we're ever going to graduate to the ultimate level of living, which is thanks living, that we have got to deal with our ability to be cheerful and to rejoice. Uh, perhaps we would be more marked by thanks if we were more marked by rejoicing. Because to rejoice, you have to have this outward focus and you have to adjust what is, adjust your sight to what is right, not what's wrong. Man, that's a big statement from Mr. Steve Ely because when I walk into the room, I don't see what's right, I see what's wrong. Some of y'all don't even know because you don't have to deal with me. 
but like, like that screen is darker than that screen, and it's driving me crazy because I'm type A, and I don't like it. Somebody give me something to throw through that screen because it's not right. Y'all think I'm playing. No, I ain't going to do it. But Paul's like this. He's like, it doesn't really matter if that screen's darker than that screen because that should not determine my outlook and the fact that I can rejoice in the Lord that we even have screens. Because we could have like overhead projectors or flannel boards. Okay, y'all, some of y'all don't even know. You're like, what is a flannel board? The only flannel I ever knew was the one I wore. What is an overhead projector? You don't want to know. <laughs> so we have to learn to rejoice. My question is this. Are there any rejoicers in the house today? I didn't ask if everything was perfect in your life. I didn't say, is everything great? Are there any rejoicers? <laughs> Because that's the first step. That's the first step. The second step is this. this there's this progression that Paul begins to not only deal with our outlook, he begins to deal with our inlook. Because then he says this. He says, uh, how can you graduate to thankful living if you don't also do what he says to do here, which is this. Pray always. Okay. Pray continually. So in Philippians, because he almost repeats it verbatim, he, he says it like this. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And listen, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Or in the Message Bible, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for your, for your good will come and settle down on you. It's, it's, it's wonderful. This is what he says. What happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life? Okay, so there's this progression. Paul says that... As we look out, we rejoice. But the reason that we can rejoice is because while we're looking out and things don't line up to his word, that while we see it and we have concerns and cares and worries, that on the inside, while we're looking out, we have this ability to rejoice because on the inside, we're praying. If we're not careful... We mistake worry for prayer. That was worth the price of admission right there. Because a lot of us spend a lot of time worrying, calling it prayer. And we never bring it to Jesus and lay it at his feet. What is prayer? I am convinced, now this is, this is really oversimplification and I get it, but I got the mic, so just hang on. Uh, prayer is simply a reminder to us that there's someone, capital O, there is someone with us. 
When, we, when we're, we're looking out and we're struggling to rejoice, I am, in my mind, in my spirit, I'm praying because I recognize that even though I don't like what all I see out there, I can still have joy and I can still rejoice because in, inside of me, there, I, I'm praying to the one who has the power and the strength and the authority and the sovereignty to step in and adjust what I see out there so I can keep rejoicing because inside of me there's this constant and continual conversation going on with the one that I know has it all in his hands and I can trust him. Worry is, uh, by the way, if you don't recognize this, Paul says it very clearly. There's this war going on inside of us. Worry likes the throne. If you haven't figured that out, then you're really young and you don't have any worries because mom and daddy are taking care of everything. But one of these days, although I did watch a news report about three months ago that says teenagers today have the same level of stress that Vietnam War veterans came out of the war with. And so they begin to have these post-traumatic stress syndrome stuff going on in their life even though they've never been to war because they're under so much stress. So worry is this invading force that comes into our life and it tries to take the throne of our life. But Paul says that Jesus, through prayer, has the ability to, to unseat worry. And so when we spend time in prayer inside of us then what literally happens is as we see out there we begin to pray in here thankfulness is is produced that's the progression so my question for us is this could it be that we lack the ability to live thankfully because we lack the ability to pray continually I'm convinced that as uh, on the way to graduating to thanksgiving that we must learn to have a constant and consistent dialogue going on in our inner man all the time. If your prayer life is only determined by how many times you gather with other people for prayer, your prayer life will be weak. So you have to develop this constant and continual dialogue. So what does that mean? How do I pray all the time? That means when I'm washing dishes, I pray. That means when, 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 when I'm mowing the yard, I pray. That means when I'm talking to fellow employees at work, while I'm talking to them inside of me, there's this continual dialogue going on with my father because they're telling me this is not right and that's not right and I don't like the boss and I'm going to quit and I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. And while all I'm hearing that in the natural, inside of me, I'm praying. That means while I'm driving, I'm praying. That means when I'm listening to a preacher, I'm praying. That means when I'm preaching in preaching to listeners I'm praying that means every moment of my life if we cannot designate prayer times and fail to develop this consistent ongoing prayer time in our life and finally the final step this is our goal we get this outlook right we get this in look going on 
and then ultimately there's this uplook that takes place because the final step is that we move to thanks living. Listen to what he says. Give thanks in all circumstances. There's a powerful little Greek word there that we have delved into more than once, the word all. The Greek meaning of the word all is so profound. It means all. See, we got some Greek scholars in the, in the, in the room. It means all. Every, give thanks in all circumstances. The message by, give thanks no matter what happens. How many of you would say that's a tall order? That is some tough stuff. That seems impossible. The car breaks down, but give thanks. The, the, the kids disobey, but give thanks. The spouse doesn't spouse correctly that day. Give thanks. Uh, the, the cat doesn't act like a dog, so give thanks. The, okay, I told you this is tall. This is, this is graduation level. This is graduate school. Sickness strikes, but give thanks. Death stings, but give thanks. Why? Because this is God's will for how we're supposed to live. This is, not, this is not preschool. This is graduate school. So everything, Paul's saying like this, everything doesn't have to be right for you to come to this graduation level in your maturity walk where when everything is wrong, because I've rejoiced leading up to it and because I know I have an audience with the one that can help me deal with it, then I can graduate to thanks living and in everything. Give thanks. So why can't we get there? Let me see if I can give you an answer with a question. Do you get your high school diploma before you go to kindergarten? This is a progression. We want to live in thanks living. We want to go to grad school and get our diploma and mature and, here's a fancy word, matriculate. Oh, good grief. Some of y'all got some homework. Got to have to go get a dictionary this afternoon. We, matri- we want to matriculate. In, it's a word. I, that's one I did not make up. And matriculate. Matriculate into things living, but we don't ever want to go to preschool. This is a progression. This is a progress that we go through. So here it is. Here's your formula. When you rejoice. And you learn to pray all the time. Then all of a sudden, the result of those two things is this uplook takes place. And now what is going on around you has no bearing on what's going on in you. And you can live thankfully. When everything goes wrong, if I have mastered rejoicing and I have mastered praying, then suddenly my heart is so full of thanks that I'm thankful. I can face the worst that life can throw at me and I can remain thankful because my eyes are fixed and my heart is fixed and my mind is fixed. You say, well, how is that even possible? Paul tells us. He says it like this in Philippians. He says when we rejoice, because he says to rejoice. Then when we pray, because he says to pray. This is what he says. When you do that, God sets up a guard on our hearts and our minds called his peace. 
In other words, as we graduate into thanksgiving, our rejoicing in our prayer causes the peace of God to move into our life. And, they, and that peace becomes like a sentry, a soldier. It takes up a position of protection on our mind and on our heart. So you say, well, how do I graduate to thanks? You rejoice enough and pray enough so that the peace of God comes down on you and in you. And it begins to set up blockades all around your mind so now when things go wrong my mind can't run wild because the peace of Christ will keep my mind fixed on him that's his words by the way my mind becomes fixed on him why because I've rejoiced and because I've prayed and now this peace comes into my heart and in my heart when my heart wants to be troubled my heart can't be troubled because peace is set up like a soldier and when worry tries to get in it, get in, it slaps worry down and when confusion, confusion tries to walk into my life the peace of Christ rises up because I was rejoicing and I was praying and it slaps confusion down and I'm able to be thankful because my mind and my heart is stayed, is fixed is permanently concreted in place because of him. So what I'm saying to you is this. I think, I'm, I'm going to go out of limb. I want to brag on something. Not by name, I'm just going to brag in general. Because I want you to get a big head. I think we got some graduates that attend our church and that are a part of our family. Let me say it like this. There are people in our midst that have gone through and continue to go through things that when we examine their life and we go, how in the world can you endure what you've endured? How can you experience the pain of loss? How can you experience the pain of death? How can you experience the pain of brokenness? How can you experience pain and still be as thankful and joyful as you are? Because though he slay me, yet will I trust him because I, can, I have learned to rejoice in all things. And I've learned to pray all the time. And out of that, the peace of God has come into my life. And so now I have, I have this guard operating around my life. And so there are people in our body that have gone through some unbelievable, tragic moments of life. And yet they still worship and they still sing and they still rejoice and they still have a smile on their face. And they still bounce a little bit in their step when they're, and they're still happy. And you go, they must be crazy. I want what they're smoking. They ain't smoking jack. They know Jesus and Jesus has caused peace. To say, drugs won't do that for you. An antidepressant won't fix all that stuff for you. But Jesus... And so they become role models for us. Living proof that this level, listen, because if you just hear a preacher this morning say these things, you're going, there is no way. They are living examples and proof that the level of living that Paul describes like this, this is God's will for your life, that that is actually feasible and obtainable. And so they stand out for us as a possibility that if we continue to push and we walk through the progression and we fill our lives with cheerfulness and we fill our lives with rejoicing and we learn to pray all the time, all the time, 
all the time the phone call with tragic news comes and I pray my life seems to be falling apart but I pray my friends have betrayed me but I pray my family turns their back on me but I betray I, I pray I, my, my friends don't like me anymore but I pray my, I lose my job but I pray I don't know where I'm going to get any food but I pray my, people are hurting me and talking bad about me but I pray and I learn to pray and we graduate step by step step by step step by step as I'm rejoicing and I'm praying suddenly I walk myself right onto a stage and I hear my name called would Steve Ely please come across the stage and I walk across and they take my tassel and they turn it and they hand me the diploma and the diploma on it reads joy and it reads peace and it reads thankfulness and all of a sudden I walk across the stage and they play the fancy music and I get my diploma and, and I and I throw my hat in the air and I've graduated not to Thanksgiving but to Thanksgiving and I applaud those in our body this morning that have graduated and have received a diploma. But I do more than that. I follow their example. And I know this. If they can make it through what they've been through and can still have joy, then I can too. And there's hope. Father, this morning, I pray that uh, as we spend a little bit of time together, as we draw this service to a conclusion and in this season of our life, that you would teach us how to graduate. We're not trying to skip. We're not trying to skip grade school. We're not trying to skip high school. We're not trying to skip college and go straight to grad school. We, we're asking you to take us right where we are in the, the moment of life where we are now. And you would teach us this lesson. Help us to become rejoicers. When we look out and things don't line up, I pray that something would happen on the inside of us and we would be filled with joy because we recognize that we can take you at your word. Help us to rejoice. I pray that one of the things that would become contagious about this particular body of believers is that everywhere we go, not only are we thankful, but we're joyful. And that people look at us and go, man, they're happy and they, 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 they're cheerful and they, they just rejoice. And when everybody else around here is doom and gloom and agony on me, those people are weird because they rejoice. Father, I pray that we would start there and we would learn to rejoice in all things. And we know how you do this, so I'm just asking you to help us. You, in your sovereignty, will make sure that everything is not perfect. Because it's easy to rejoice when everything's perfect. You will give us small steps to take. I pray that we would master those steps. And when something goes wrong, we would rejoice. We would count it all joy. Father, I pray that the second step would begin to take place. And this is an individual thing. This is not something we can learn as a group. I, I, I'm just asking you to help each and every one of us to, to develop this ongoing, consistent conversation with you. Remind us we're not alone. I pray that we would move beyond the um, prescribed types of prayer that we've heard all of our life. O thou majestic, mighty, and go into an ongoing, face-to-face, -face, intimate dialogue so that as I'm talking to someone else, 
when I hear their problems and inside of me I can be talking like this God they need your help I'm asking you to help so that as I'm driving down the road minding my own business I'm praying Jesus this is going to be a day where I am going to need your help I have some trials I've got some things I've got to go through that I, I just need your help and I wake up in the morning and I tell my kids school good, just tell my kids goodbye for school that inside of me there's this ongoing conversation where I'm praying Jesus watch over them today would you put your angels around them would you keep them safe I pray that you would help each of us to develop an intimate ongoing consistent prayer life and out of all of that Father I pray that you would help us to graduate into thanks living so that regardless of what we're going through and what we face we will be we can't help it because peace has come and set up guard around our heart and our mind when we ought to be freaking out when, 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 when we ought to be confused when we ought to be turning to drugs and alcohol when we ought to be thinking I don't know how I pray that instead because of that peace that comes from rejoicing and praying has set up this guard around our heart I pray that in the midst of all that we would literally become the most thankful people on the planet and I know because I've watched individuals in this body graduate I know that it's possible to fulfill the will of God for our lives I ask you to accomplish this in Jesus name would you stand with me this morning this is how we're going to close this part I, I've asked the worship team to go back into this song I, I, I'm alive in you I think this is yeah so uh, while the, it's an upbeat song and I, I'm asking you to just start at step one would you just begin to rejoice and as you're rejoicing as you're singing this song would you rejoice would you would you well Steve my life doesn't matter would you would you change your outlook and rejoice that that I'm alive in him I have I have a reason to rejoice and as you do that would in the back of your multitask while you're singing would you be praying down in here somewhere and monologue and di not a monologue a dialogue going on with Jesus and out of that when we finish I think you're going to walk out some of you getting ready to graduate you're going to want graduation gifts you're going to graduate into this thanks living and life is going to be different come on folks let's rejoice this morning This whole world may hold me down. 
Now, would you just take a moment and rejoice this morning? Father, we rejoice in you. We rejoice in you. I rejoice in you. I rejoice in you, oh Jesus. I'm alive in you. I rejoice in your goodness, in your faithfulness, in your strength. I rejoice in you, Jesus. I rejoice in you, Jesus. Okay, I got to do this. I know I'm corner. Kim, I'm going to put you in the spot. Can you pray graduation music? What's graduation music? I don't even know. Can you do it? Oh, yeah. Okay, so so we're here at graduation. Would you do this right now? Would you t turn to your neighbor? Would you just reach over there and turn their tassel? Well, I don't even know what side it's supposed to go from the, the other side. Would you? Would you just turn it? Some of y'all don't know either because I know. So turn it over. All right, now you've graduated. I declare over the Passion family that you have graduated in 2017 from Thanksgiving to Thanksgiving. Would you take your hat and throw it in the air? Thank you, Kim. Come on, Danny. I know I'm crazy, but y'all just going to have to deal with it. I didn't know if I was ever going to graduate, but thank goodness God has. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.